Blog Talk Radio. Cultural fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sign guy along with the coach with the most gunman at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite part of offense is a post. Coach Mike Jones, real fast before we jump into things with our guest, some show notes if you are looking for some professional wrestling today in Raleigh, North Carolina, Gouge, featuring the annual Halloween show. Also today in our neck of the woods over in Richland, Washington, reactivate pro wrestling later this afternoon. So if you have wrestling near you, get out there and support it. But without any further ado, I've been massively excited to have our guest with us today as we wrap up Super Fan Month. Starless Tag, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, and finally, good to talk to you. Yes, it's been a long time coming, but um, I'm going to give you a twist on our traditional first-timer question. What got you into watching this crazy business of professional wrestling? Oh, my goodness. So, I... um, Both my parents and my grandparents on both sides of the family were huge wrestling fans. So, you know, I come by it honest. We always watched it on television. I was six months old when I attended my first match at Keel Auditorium in St. Louis. Of course, I don't remember it. I just remember the stories from my parents, but I actually saw... Pat O'Connor beat Dick Hutton for the NWA World's title. And the rest is history. I've been a fan my entire life. Oh, you not only are a fan, you're a super fan. I know you go to events all over the place, and you are a annual participant in a CAC. I believe you even have... A position there at the CAC. Yes, when you... I was uh, I was elected to the executive board about three months ago, and I have been the chairperson for their benevolent fund for the last two and a half years, and it is it's an honor to be on that board with the club, and it's an honor to get to speak with many people and be able to help them out like we do. Now, the CAC, for listeners that aren't overly familiar, like you say, the Benevolent Fund is something that helps wrestlers down on their luck, whether they have health issues or whether they uh, just are down on their luck, they need help paying the mortgage or whatever the case may be. Being Absolutely. Someone, uh, being involved in that aspect of it, Can you tell us a little bit about what you specifically do holding that position for CAC and how that works? Yes. So um, we are a nonprofit organization, and we hold an annual reunion in Las Vegas. We just had the last one in September, and our main goal is, like you said, to help people in the wrestling business who have medical issues come up or down on their luck for some reason or another and um, need help with, you know, some finances. 
Um, so this is open to non-members as well as members of the CAC. And on our official website, it's uh, cauliflowerallyclub.org. There is a one-page form that you would need to fill out and send in. And then when I receive that, I get in contact with you and talk a little bit um, more about what your needs are and what's going on. And then I send all of that information back to our board and they act fairly quickly on it, but they do have to vote on it. And then if it's approved, we will do what we can. And if not, you will be notified of that as well. And it's a fairly simple process. I know the Benevolent Fund has helped a lot of people over the years, so I'm glad that's going so well. I'm glad you're in place to help out. Thank you. And this uh, one is not of the only... things that you and I have very much in common is one of our very favorite families is the Gilbert family. Of course, going to Miss Peggy and Tommy, to Eddie and Doug. I know we both are massive fans of that family and have spent time with that family. Can you tell us how you first came to be sort of an honorary member of that family? So I first met Tommy and Eddie and Doug and that was in 1979 in Memphis at the Wrestling Fans International Association Convention. And um, Eddie had Eddie was had just turned 18 years old and had just barely started in the business. And you know, it was one of those things that. I met him, and we instantly bonded and became friends. I have been to their home several times. I, In fact, um, three years ago, I had made a trip back to St. Louis, and I drove down to Lexington just to visit with Peggy for the day, and we had a wonderful, wonderful visit. Um, you know, when Tommy was still here with us, we talked frequently on the phone. Um, Doug, I just saw Doug in September. He was uh, at the Cauliflower Alley reunion. He was there to uh, present the award to Tommy Rich, and it was fabulous seeing Doug. I hadn't seen Doug or his wife since 2011, and we had a great time catching up and visiting, but like I said, I've been there to their home several times. I did a lot of traveling back and forth to Memphis uh, when they wrestled in the area. And then in I, when Eddie and I became such close friends, he had left Memphis in October of 79 and came to work um, for the Kansas City office. So this was his first time being a home, away from home, and, you know, I was older than him, so kind of looked out for him and made trips once a month to Kansas, Kansas City to visit him, and he was in St. Louis once a month, and we just bonded and became very close friends, and I've always remained close friends with his family, and I love him dearly. Same here, for sure. Absolutely love all of them. Now, someone else you were tight with is someone that found their way into the biggest wrestling company in the world for a while, that being, of course, the late Sapphire. Uh, I know she, like yourself, was a massive wrestling fan for many, many years out of the St. Louis area. As someone that is a fan of professional wrestling and someone that knew her quite well, what was going through your mind 
when she all of a sudden was on national television? Well, I knew that it was going to happen because she she and I were very best friends. And when uh, when she got the call, she called me and she told me, she says, I'm headed to uh, Connecticut to speak with Vince McMahon. I said, what? And she told me again, and I'm like, neat. I'm like, her name was Juanita, and we called her neat. And I said, what in the world is going on? So she told me what had transpired. At the time, uh, Larry Matisic was working for Vince. He had been uh, Sam Mushnick's right-hand man until he retired, and he was the play-by-play color commentator for wrestling at the chase. And Larry knew what Vince was looking for, and... um, he had someone take some promo photos of Juanita, and they sent them to Vince, and he told Larry, he says, I want to talk to her. So Vince flew her in, they talked, and he hired her on the spot. And let me tell you, she had the time of her life because, like like you said, she was a, she was a super fan. She had been... Um, going to matches since she was a young teenage girl. She actually worked on the independent scene in the St. Louis area for promoter Herb Simmons. She worked for him for years as an Indian, and her name was Princess Dark Cloud. And um, she, I think she, she was probably with Vince for maybe almost two years. And... Um, she never she never changed she she made good money for him she still continued to work her little part-time job in St. Louis she had at a clothing store and she everybody everybody loved her and um i can remember that when she started in the first time she was on television she was also good friends with Jack and Jerry Briscoe and uh Jerry had told the story that uh Jack called him on the phone and he said, Brother, he said, Turn your T V on, he said, Tell me if that's Juanita. Yep, sure enough that was Juanita and they had no idea but it was it was a fabulous time of her life and she loved every moment of it. Now of course she was a beloved part of professional wrestling before she got the job as Sapphire. She was on the mainstream for a couple of years, and I know she worked independence after that. For you being a fan and knowing her and so forth, did it ever cross your mind to maybe go that same route and have a hand at one of the companies in some type of fashion you mean myself yeah no (laughs) I love wrestling I love all of the wonderful people that I met but I never ever wanted to be a wrestler or any part of it because for one thing Darla doesn't like pain and you know I know a lot of people say, well, wrestling's fake. Well, you know, the end results are predetermined, but I'm sure you've seen it yourself. The uh, injuries that they have and the pain they go through, and then after they are finished wrestling and retire, so many of them, the bad shape they're left in. No, I never one time wanted to be in the profession at all. I just wanted to be a fan and be a friend to everyone. I just had to wrap a referee's hand last night after he split it wide open, sliding across the canvas, and I saw another guy separate his shoulder, so I can confirm I have seen things. Yeah, me too. And it's, I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know how they do it for the years that they do it, because... They just love it. And, you know, I've talked to several of them, several people. um, 
that are in bad shape now, and I always ask them, so do you have any regrets? Not one person will tell you that they have any regrets doing it. And that just amazes me. I was a fan of wrestling, looking at it just through someone that enjoys watching from the seats and someone that isn't necessarily on the inside of individual shows. What was the scariest injury that you ever saw? Oh, gosh. Oh, I don't even remember who it was. I don't remember who it was, but I always had um, front row seats at Keele Auditorium. So, you know, you, you can see a lot more when you're sitting that close. There was a match one night, and I... I can't, I don't even remember who it was, but one of the guys, they did get a shoulder injury that was pretty bad, and you could see how the shoulder had just popped out of the joint, and his his arm was just dangling there like it was deformed. That's probably the worst injury I've seen, except for, of course, all the blood battles. I do not like blood and let me tell you, I've seen a lot of those. But that's probably... I can believe that as well. Thing. Yeah. I, You know, some of these guys, they... And there again, you know, they... It seems like they just thrive on it, but I don't, I don't like it. I do not like the blood. I've never liked the blood, but... That's just me. There's a lot of people that do, but I don't. Understandable. It is sort of a polarizing issue within wrestling to have or have not blood on shows. Yes. Now, someone that we both know fairly well that has bled buckets and has been in countless matches that saw countless injuries. Um, one of my former bookers, Flash Flanagan, he, while not necessarily being in the mainstream on a regular basis, has popped up on national TV a few times over the years. He's been around for a very long time and might be one of the more underappreciated talents out there. I know you seen a lot of Flash Flanagan matches in your day. What do you think of Flash as a talent, even though he's not necessarily the type of wrestler you would gravitate towards having a lot of blood and extreme violence in your matches? But what makes you a fan of Flash? I can't even believe you know I know him. (laughs) I know some things. Apparently you do, and um, so this is a funny story. So several years ago, the first time that I ever saw Flash work, um, and I had never heard of him, and he came in and worked for Herb Simmons back in the St. Louis area, and he was a heel, and... um, I I was already living in Minnesota at the time, and I happened to be home, so I went to the show. And, of course, you know, Larry Matisic was one of my very best friends, and I, I miss him terribly. But Larry, at the time, he was he was still able to get around, but he walked with a walker. And Flash came out, and... He goes to get in the ring and he grabs Larry's walker and he takes it in the ring and he throws it around, he smashed it, smashed it up, and he's bad-mouthing Larry and Herb. And, you know, even though I'm a fan, I know a lot of the, I know the inside of wrestling, okay, and, and I knew, but because it was Larry, I just got a little bit too emotional and I wanted to 
beat the crap out of him, and I hated him for months and months and months, maybe even a year or so. And finally then um, he, and I never spoke with him. And finally I went back for another show and he had turned baby face and I went in the back and I met him and um, we've became become friends. We uh, talk once in a while on the phone and message on Facebook and you know, I've watched his matches as far as talent. I've even seen some of his matches from when he was in Puerto Rico. He should have gone much farther in this business than what he did. He is an excellent talent. I believe, didn't he for a while, wasn't he up in uh, Ohio Valley? I think, yeah, I he think was a he long was. This was at OVW. Long, long time. And, um, you know, it's it's just a shame that he didn't get the break he needed to go farther than what he did in this business because he is an excellent talent. And even to today, he still is working. I saw him in May, and he's he's got the ability and capability of – any of these top stars that are in WWE, in my opinion. Of course, I'm a little bit prejudiced because I love him dearly. And in fact, when I was home in May, he he and I had um, had a picture taken, oh gosh, probably two or three years ago. And he was acting like he was choking me. And he brought me a copy of the picture and he autographed it for me and it was kind of cute. He says, um, best wishes. He said to Darla, I thought you were smart. I can't believe you hated me. Flash Flanagan. And he, uh, put it in a frame for me and I got it setting out and I just, I dearly love him. And I absolutely think he should have been went farther in this business than what he did. Cause he is, he is good. I agree with you there. Fun fact, I have the scariest injury that Flash Flanagan ever saw in his life, apparently. At least he really? claims that. Yeah, I, I may have broken my face right in front of him on a show we were on together, but he says it was the scariest thing. I've seen some of the things Flash has done, so I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Well, at He's a good this guy. point in time, uh, my co-host, the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones is with us. I know Coach has questions, so I will pass things over to Coach so I don't hog the entire interview. Okay. Hey, Darla, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. It was nice to see you down at Cauliflower Alley. I informally signed up for the banquet through you and didn't realize it was actually you <laughs> and then I got oh, to sit next to you I got to sit next to you uh, you sat behind me at the first awards night I was sitting with Kevin Sullivan's table sign guy okay. seen the video and he, he was like hey you, you need to talk to Donald about our show <laughs> and it was already over with <laughs> oh my god so what is your name I'm Coach Mike Jones, a coach with the most, coming at you from coast to coast, live here in Puyallup, Washington. I know exactly who you are. Oh, my gosh, what a small world. Yeah, my goodness. But it was nice to actually finally meet you. I've heard a lot about you from Sign Guys since that day. And, man, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah, and then... So I got some standard questions I like to ask. Usually they're standard questions for wrestlers, but I can modify them a little bit. Who okay, were some of your heroes? Who were some of your heroes growing up? Whether it was wrestling, sports, music, or ordinary life, or all of the above. Okay, wrestling. Gosh, you know I have I have a lot. I won't tell you all of them because it would take me all day, but. When I was a young girl, it was Cowboy Bob Ellis and another wrestler by the name of John Paul Henning. 
he I don't think uh he wrestled a lot outside of the St. Louis area, but those were two of my favorites. My teenage years were uh Jack Briscoe and Dory Funk Jr. And those were always some of my favorite matches because those two guys, they could go for an hour, and they had some of the best matches I ever saw in St. Louis. And I tell everyone that they were they were my favorites. And you know there there were a lot who were my favorites. I was a huge fan of uh, Hulk Hogan. I was a huge fan of Rick Martel. So there's a lot of them. I can't pinpoint it to just one, but Dory Funk and Jack Briscoe, they were my two all-favorites to watch go at it together. Um, Sports, of course, I am a St. Louis Cardinals girl, so that would be Lou Brock, Bob Gibson. I'm a huge Albert Pujols fan. And I was glad to see him back in St. Louis his final year and hit his uh, 700th home run there. Um, Music, I am a huge Elvis fan. I love everything Elvis has done. And um, I don't know, I'm a big fan of Barry Manilow. I, I love all the oldies music. And I love country. I'm not too much on the rock and roll scene, but, uh, yeah, I love music. Okay, yes, I'm a huge Elvis fan myself. I have the Elvis channel on Sirius uh, XM. I really enjoy that. I love the, the, lati- the, latest, the latest movie. What did you think about the latest did, movie? Oh, my God, I thought it was phenomenal. And the guy that played Elvis did great, but Tom Hanks playing Colonel Parker – I thought he did an outstanding job. He sure did, yes. Yeah, and then what about the St. Louis Cardinals football team? I even enjoyed them back in the day. You know, I'm not a fan of football, so I couldn't okay. tell you couldn't tell you anything about football. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was a big fan with Terry Metcalf, Jim Hart back in the day, so yeah, those were fun days. But you guys got your team stolen, and just like the Seattle Sonics did, so we know how that feels. Absolutely. Okay, and then so what were some of the most memorable matches you've seen? I know that world title match when you were six or, uh, six months old might have been, but you, like you said, you, you wasn't aware of that one. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> you know, so growing up in St. Louis, I, you know, I saw all those NWA title matches. Um, the one that really stands out in my mind is the one that they had at the Checker Dome when it was uh, Ric Flair and Bruiser Brody, but St. Louis knew him as King Kong Brody. That was that was another one that went for an hour and. Even though I'm not a Ric Flair fan, I never have been, I never will be. I do not think he's the greatest wrestler ever, but that was an outstanding match. Anytime Harley Race defended the title, you always knew that those were great matches. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, I'm proud to be a lifetime member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. And, hey, uh, awesome. I've got some time here. Uh why don't you go ahead and plug it and how people get a hold of them? Okay, so we are on Facebook, but um, you won't find any official uh, information there. So our official website is Cauliflower Alley Club, all one word, dot org, and all of the information is out there. Um, it is $25 for a annual membership, $300 for a lifetime membership, and um, that will get you, I believe it's four, four copies a year of our official newsletter, which they call the Cauliflower Ear, 
And then we have um, our annual reunion in Las Vegas. That is an additional cost, but in order to attend that, you do have to be either an annual or a lifetime member. We don't have we don't have our dates confirmed yet for our reunion next year, but um, we will have that soon, and it will be posted on the website. And any updated information that you need to know is on there. And like I said, we are we are here to help the wrestlers that you know have fallen on hard times, need help, and you will find the form out there for that. Um, and this is not just for, you know, your big-time wrestlers. This is anybody who has worked in the wrestling business, I believe, for at least three years. And you do not – we would like for you to become a member, but you do not have to be a member to request help. Okay, right on. Yes, and – uh I'm going to continue promoting and plugging your guys' organization. I'm a huge fan. I've had so much fun every time I've been there. Looking forward to going again. And my opinion, the plaza wasn't a bad situation. I know a lot of people don't like change, but the (laughs) plaza seemed to work out pretty good. Well, you know, yeah, I've heard a lot of people, too, who didn't care for it. But I've heard more people that did like it, you know, I I enjoyed being at the Gold Coast as well. It was it was a smaller hotel and casino, but you know there wasn't there wasn't we weren't close by to anything. So I enjoyed being at the uh, Plaza. I enjoyed Fremont Street. I was out there every night till. Oh, probably two and three o'clock in the morning, and um, I did find out I'm a, I'm getting a little bit too old to be doing that kind of stuff, but it was I had a fabulous time, and I loved being at the plaza. So, so we'll we should find out soon when our next dates are. Okay, right on. And then, what do you got coming up? You got anything planned? Well, um. You know, he was talking about supporting independent wrestling for our wrestling period. Friday night, we had our Steel Domain show here, which is promoted by uh, Ed Hellyer and Mark Koval. So I was in attendance for that. Yesterday uh, was our second AWA reunion here in Minneapolis. We had a packed house with that, and Several of the uh, older AWA legends were in attendance. And um, the next thing I have planned is I'm leaving next Saturday to go to Florida for a week to spend a week with Barbara Goodish. Right on. So, yes, she's a very she's a very wonderful person. Yes, she is. And we always have uh, fun together. So... I'm going down there to spend the week, and then um, then I'll be going home to St. Louis for Christmas, and I'll get to see Herb Simmons and a lot of uh, his wrestlers. And after that, I don't have anything planned for a while. I uh, will be retiring from my job at the bank next July. My plan is to move from here to Florida so I can uh, – Spend a lot more time with Barbara and be in the great state of Florida where it seems like most of the wrestlers have retired to. So I'm looking forward to that. Right on. And then one of my standard questions is who is some of the toughest wrestlers that you've seen? I don't think I'd be going out on a limb if I mentioned Bruiser Brody. Oh, my gosh. He was he was <laughs> probably... <laughs> Probably one of the very toughest that I've ever seen, and you know he was he was great at what he did, and it was kind of funny when when Sam Mushnick brought him into St. Louis, he was brought in to be a heel, and from the very first time he worked there, the fans absolutely loved him, and 
Sam was like, what do we do now? Well, you know, he he kept his same style of wrestling, but he was actually a baby face and went against all of the top heels. So, yeah, he was he was one of the toughest. Um, I don't know. Terry Funk was another one. Harley Race. Those guys. Those guys were all tough. But uh, yeah, I my I would say though that Bruiser Brody was probably the toughest I ever saw. Yeah, and just seeing him in some of his matches where he's going through the crowd and all he he stops for a second, and all he he just get, lets out that bark, and it's like yeah. people are people are moving out of the way. I mean, I'm like, man, that guy was cool. Yeah, he he was amazing. But you know what's really funny is um, as close as Barbara and I are, I was never really friends with Frank. I had met him a few times, but Frank was, he was always kind of a loner after the matches, and he would, he didn't hang out with the boys. He would go back to his room and stuff, so I didn't really know him that well. But um, And people find that strange that Barbara and I are such close friends, but I didn't really know him that well. But, I've, of course, he was, uh, Larry was one of his best friends, him and Sam and Herb Simmons. And the stories that they have told me about him, what an awesome person he was. You know, when I hear other stuff, I'm like, well, you know, he was one of those kind of guys that he didn't take crap from anybody, you know, as far as other promotions, if they tried to screw him out of his money or whatever. But if you treated him well, he treated you excellent, and that's what I go by. Yeah, he was quite the businessman. And, you know, of yes. course, he had so many so many memorable matches, Big Red in, in Texas there, Abdul the Butcher, just the list goes on and on. He even came to the Northwest and teamed with Rip Oliver against the Road Warriors, which I never got a chance to see, but I just enjoy seeing the picture of him and Rip Oliver. My goodness. Wow. Yeah, wow. and then uh, shout out to Herb Simmons. I'm a big fan of him. He's a, not only a great promoter, he's a great guy. And, yeah. you know, I hope to get, o- get over there someday. Herb and I have been uh, friends for over 40 years, and in fact, I just spoke with him on the phone this morning. We we usually talk about two or three times a week. When when one finds out something, they call the other one, you know, vice versa. So, yeah, I talked to Herb this morning, and he's doing well, and I'll be seeing him in December when I go home for Christmas. Right on. I- and then another thing you might not know, Sign Guy is such a huge fan of yours, he he let me know that he could talk to you for six hours. But oh my goodness. he's got we try to keep it down to an hour, so anyway, I ended up getting my own show because I kept trying to go over the hour and Sign Guy doesn't like that. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, I've known him for a long time. Okay, nice. All right, well, anyway, I wish you all the luck in the world, and thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure Sign Guy has a whole bunch more. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you. You're welcome. I promise I won't go for six hours, but uh, you have a bit <laughs> more. <laughs> Now, one of the things that a lot of fans like to do is they will schedule trips around wrestling shows and they will spend a week or two weeks, whatever the case may be, and work around wrestling shows that they want to see. I know you've traveled a lot in your day for wrestling shows. What is the farthest you've traveled to see a professional wrestling show? Um, Probably the farthest would have been in the early 80s. Um, I went, I was living in St. Louis still, and 
I was very close friends with the Kelly twins, and I don't know if you know who they are or not. They were from Hamilton, Ontario, and they were in living in California at the time, and I traveled out there for some vacation time to watch them out there wrestle. So that's probably the farthest. But I have talk been, about the, oh, go ahead. I have been to Houston, Texas for wrestling. Oh, my gosh, Indianapolis, Memphis, uh, Florida, Wisconsin, all over the United States. A little bit closer to your home, yesterday they had the AWA reunion. Can you tell us a little bit about how the AWA reunion went? Yes, I was there in attendance. Um, I would say they probably had about, oh, I'd say between 150 to 200 people there. They, um, Mick Karch was the one that put it together, and some of the legends they had was. Um, well, John Nord was there, uh, Steve Olsenowski, Kenny J, Tom Rocky Stone, uh, Pat Tanaka, Derek Dukes, um, Al Jerusha was there along with um, his son, Gary Jerusha, and Leonice Hennig, who is the widow of Kurt Hennig, her and her son Hank were there, and they had them. They had them all set up at tables, you know, for the fans to go around and meet. And they were doing their autographs and photo ops and stuff. And then they um, served food, and it was just mainly like a big get together, and uh, the fans got to mingle with the wrestlers and. It was really good. I was a little disappointed because people, some people agree, some people don't, but my all-time favorite tag team, and it will be for my the rest of my life, was the High Flyers, Jim Brunzel and Greg Gagne, and they were neither one there this year. They both had prior obligations. So that was a little disappointing for me, but... Um, but anyway, it was it was a great day and a great time, and uh, everyone seemed to enjoy themselves, even the wrestlers. Oh, if I recall correctly, when Jim Brunzel left the AWA, they started listing the title history of the Tag Team Championship as Greg Gagne and a partner. Really? That is what I have been told and heard for many years. I did not know that because, you know, I wasn't living up here then. I was still in St. Louis. Um, You know, I knew those guys from back when I lived in St. Louis because Fern was part owner of the St. Louis area. And so Sam used a lot of those guys, but I had never heard that. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to go out and do some research on that. That's that's kind of interesting. I know they didn't care for it that Jim left, but, you know, the Jim had to do what he had to do. Exactly. Be- I'm just amazed that I stumped you. Yeah, I did not know that. And then, you know, Jim, Jim had another great tag team partner with Brian Blair, and they were the Killer Bees. And that was in Absolutely. the uh, WWF territory. And but you know, as much as I love Brian and Brian and I are are very close, Jim and Greg are still my favorite tag team. <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not saying that behind Brian's back because I've told Brian that before. Not a bad team at all. Nothing wrong with the High Flyers being your all time favorite. No, I I love those guys. They they were just they were good. And you know, 
there was a reason why they were called the High Flyers, because that's what they did. Very true. Well, we've hit the part of the show where we have a game we like to play called Word Association. I'll throw out the names of some people that I'm fairly sure you have come across in your day. And the first word or two that pops to mind is the answer. There is no wrong answer. Are you willing to do some word association? Oh, I suppose. All right. First name, Flash Flanagan. Flash Flanagan. First word, great guy. Tokyo Monster Cahagas. Oh, my God, I love that guy. He is one mean dude. Dean Silverstone. Prince of a man. James Beard. My favorite cowboy. CAC member Brian Westcott. A super fan, super friend. Doug Gilbert. Oh, I love Doug Gilbert. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about him, just that I love him like family. Wildfire Tommy Rich. Twenty twenty two CAC honoree and amazing. Last name on the list, Juanita Rice. My best friend. All right, that wraps up word association. You know, oh. it's kinda interesting that you threw out Kahagas's name. You know, I just saw Paul um, or Cahagas, oh, about a month ago. Uh, I hadn't seen him in two years, and I drove all the way to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to see him, about a five-hour trip. I haven't seen him in a while either, but I have worked many a time with the Tokyo Monster. Always a pleasure. Great guy. Absolutely. Unless you're getting chopped by him, then people might have a slightly less than favorable impression for the few moments. Yeah, yeah, he's got some chops. That he does. Now, in the season we're in now, we're getting pretty close to gift-giving season. And I know... There's a lot of wrestling-related merchandise out there, and wrestling fans love to get wrestling-related gifts for the holidays. What would you suggest to the listeners as some great ideas for wrestling-related merchandise this season as people are checking their gift list? Well, I'll tell you what. is Is it okay to give another plug for somebody? Absolutely. So I don't know if uh, you're familiar with this Pro Pro Town Wrestling group that's out uh, with the new action figures or not, but um, Greg Gagne is involved in it, and I can't remember the other guy's name. He was he was the guy that used to do the Rimco figures years ago, and if you go to Pro Wrestling. I think it's pro wrestling uh pro wrestling town dot com they have come out with new action figures right now they have five that they have done and it's bruiser Brody Stan Hansen Kerry von Erich Luthes uh Vern Gagne and I think oh and Magnum T A and if you have not seen those you need to go to that website and check them out because they are the most phenomenal action figures I ever seen. And if anybody collects those, I'm telling you, you're going to want them. So that would be 
that would be my suggestion to anyone who collects wrestling memorabilia. Not a bad choice at all. One of the other popular items that a lot of wrestling fans collect, especially ones that are into the history of the business, is wrestling books. I know there's a lot out there over the course of the last 20 years, in large part thanks to Mick Foley and his success. What are some of the wrestling books out there that you would most suggest that someone give a chance to and read? Uh, That's an easy one. First of all, I would suggest J.J. Dillon's book. That's that's one of my favorites. The uh, Bruiser Brody book, and I think I think there's a couple out there, but I'm talking about the one that Barbara and Larry Matisik wrote together. You know, Barbara always talks about when people write things about wrestling. There's a lot of things that aren't really facts or truth, and when the two of them wrote this book. They wanted to make sure the truth was told about Frank. You will never find another book out there about him that is the truth like this one. That would be another one on the top of my list. Um, Oh, Pat Patterson's book is another one of my favorites. And... um, I don't know. Those are those are three of my favorite books, but I've read a I've read a ton. I've those read the all ones the ones you I mentioned, think. and I enjoyed all of those as well. So, not bad choices at all. Good. Uh, one of the things that people that have seen your social media will know is you take pictures with a lot of different people within the wrestling industry. Uh, You've gotten many pictures over the years. Is there one picture that stands above the rest as far as importance to you, whether it be just sort of who the picture was with or the circumstances behind it or any other type of reason? Um, that would be Gene Okerlund, and um, I always love Gene Okerlund's work, and the first time I ever met him was at Vern Gagne's funeral, and the friend of mine that I was there with, um... I made a comment to him I, when I saw that Gene was there. I said, oh, my gosh. I said, I would love to have my picture taken with Gene. But I said, you know, this isn't the right time or the right place to go up and ask him. And my friend agreed. And so we stayed for the luncheon. And after the luncheon, people were going up and talking and getting pictures and So my friend and I went up to speak to Gene. He was going to introduce me, and he knew he happened to know Gene. So before he could even introduce me, Gene asked him, he said, who's this pretty lady here with you? He said, I want my picture taken with her. So that that was always, you know, there was everybody I've had my picture taken with. I absolutely love, but. That was a pretty special moment for me because I always loved his work, had never seen him, met him before. I got to meet him, and he actually asked for the picture. So I would say that would be one of my favorites. Of course, all my pictures with the Gilberts, I'll cherish those forever and with Juanita, but... But that was that was a special moment for me. And then I, I saw Gene... Um, maybe three or four more times he started coming to CAC and he always remembered me and, and would talk to me, even remembered my name. But, you know, we were friends on Facebook. So he saw all my stuff too, so he knew who I was. But, yeah, that was a pretty special picture for me. 
Not a bad picture at all, for sure, to have the legendary Mean Gene there. Yeah. Well, we're, we're down to the last few minutes, and I want to make sure you have ample time. If there is anything at all you want to say to the listeners today, plug and promote absolutely anything that you would like. Floor is all yours. I would just say continue to sport your local wrestling, your pro, you know, big-time wrestling, whatever it is that you like. Um, And I urge you to all go look at the um, Cauliflower Alley website. If you're not a member, sign up today to join. Annual membership's $25.00. Lifetime is 300, and you can do that right on our website at caulifloweralleyclub.org. And if you want to become friends on Facebook, I'm on uh, social media Facebook at Darla Staggs. That's about it. All right. Well, Darla, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. I'm more than thrilled to have you here. Hopefully we'll get to do this again soon, and hopefully, finally, our paths will cross at some point. I hope so. We need to get you to CAC. Absolutely we do. I'm going to see if I can make that happen. Maybe I'll sit next to Coach. There you go. I'd love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on today. We definitely appreciate it. Coach with the most, you got some things to plug, promote? Yeah, you can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Also, Coach Mike Jones at Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for interviews from celebrities all over the world. Also, the Seattle Mariners Organizational Report and the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday noon Pacific. Yesterday was a big show with your role model, Rick Lieb. And Sign Guy has confirmed that he is Sign Guy's role model. Wow. It says it right there in his name. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of of course, my main sponsor, A-plus, Payless, Handyman Services, 10% cheaper than any written estimate, 15% for seniors and and, um, military. And also, no job too big or small. And I thank you guys so much for all your love and support and all your feedback from all over the world. We appreciate you. All right. And fans, you can follow me on all the social medias. You know where to go. Chicken Bob also on all the social medias. He's very active for a chicken that manages professional wrestlers. And as we wrap up today, I want to send our thoughts and prayers and well wishes to Stuart Kemp, CAC member. He organizes the cribbage tournament there. Uh, his wife, Kathy, yeah. passed yesterday. We definitely will all miss Kathy. I'm going to miss her screaming at me, get out of the way, saying I'm trying to take a picture. So we will miss her. Yeah, that was that was a hard blow yesterday. Yes, you know, it, it was. was We're but... all going to Hey, Donna, it was a hard blow, but I'm sure glad she's in a better place, and it was such a nice thing to see her so happy at Cauliflower Alley this last uh, September. So Absolutely, and, you know, she was amazing. I had reached out to her several months ago and asked if she would be willing to help us at uh, registration desk, and she said, Darla, I'll do anything you need me to do, and she helped us. all three days and she was just an all around amazing person. Yeah, we're we're all gonna miss Kathy, that's for sure. Amen. Absolutely we will. Stuart, hang in there. Our thoughts are with you. And as we wrap up today, just a reminder everybody stay safe out there. Get out, support your local independent professional wrestling if you have some near you. We will be back with you week on friday we come back with you and we have lewis rock out of the pacific northwest roddy piper's former assistant 
And then one week from today, we're kicking off Hall of Fame month with Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame member Paul Freakshine. So make sure you have plans to join us. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.